The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here's your host, Terry Aranga. Welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, A Conversation of Hope, for Tuesday, November 9th. I'm Terry Aranga with my guest, author Kim Stagliano. Kim has written the very engaging and already much-beloved book, All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, A Life Raising Three Daughters with Autism, in which Kim presents a serious look at living with autism in the sunniest possible way. This book is published by our wonderful colleagues at Skyhorse Publishing. Kim is mom to Mia, Gianna, and Bella, and is the managing editor of the internationally renowned Age of Autism at www.ageofautism.com, the nation's first daily web newspaper about the autism epidemic. She writes for the Huffington Post, the Debutante Ball, and the Dallas Morning News Moms blog. Kim is a favorite speaker at national autism conferences and has appeared places like Good Morning America, ABC News, Fox News, and the Chicago Tribune. Welcome, Kim. Hi. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You're welcome. It's great to have you here. And, Kim, I have a question. Would you like to begin with poop or end with poop? (laughs) Uh, That's your call. We can poop in the beginning, middle, and end and still run out of time, I'm sure. Okay. Well, why don't you go ahead and tell us about life in the Twilight Zone. How can our Spectrum kids get poop where we can't even reach to clean? Um, magically, apparently, uh, it just uh, sometimes you just need to look up and down and around and under in places you never thought possible. <laughs> yeah, I was I was wondering uh, if there could be a chapter titled "Taking a Poop on the Dining Room Table Is Not Just Quirky." <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> and uh, Ed Ed wanted me to ask you if there is a patron saint of poop, and if so, should we light candles and incense? Uh, I would definitely like candles and incense. I'm not certain if there is. There must be. There's a patron, patron saint for everything. So I'm, I'm sure we could find one if we needed to. Somebody wearing uh, a brown cassock, I assume. Maybe it's St. Francis. <laughs> well, I'm going to kind of keep on this topic, but segue with a, a kind of serious question. Mm-hmm. And, and then I want to share a part of your book with listeners. How can you justify wanting to improve your daughters as not mutually exclusive with loving and accepting them? Hmm. Well, everybody, every parent wants to improve their children. We have parents buying their children Muzzy, the Learn to Read When You're Four Months Old programs. We have parents enrolling their kids in tutoring programs, even though they may be a B student, because they want them to be an A student. 
So I think it's the parental way to always want more for your child. Uh, in my case, I want more for my girls for their own health and safety and well-being. Uh, it doesn't come from a place of selfishness. I don't look at my kids as a reflection on my success. I'm really involved in their success because of their intense needs. So I think every parent, uh, from those screaming on the soccer sidelines, you know, kick the ball harder and enrolling their kids in skating lessons, that's, that's certainly the American parent way of wanting to improve your kids. So I just turned it around, and it's a bit more serious in our case because of the girls' needs. Absolutely. And another friend of mine also said, I want to make him all that he can be, uh, a friend who has a son with autism. And that's the way it is uh, with parents of neurotypical children as well. We all want to make our children all that they can be. Throughout this book, Kim, um, it really uh, touches me how so many of the experiences are common to so many parents uh, who have children with autism. I, I can't believe that you've just mentioned Muzzy. You know, we had that in our lives, too. Those uh, those videos. So um, it's it's really remarkable how many things you cite that really typify life with autism. And now, can, is it okay with you if I share six paragraphs out of your book here? Sure, go right ahead. Okay, so kind of bringing these topics together of love and acceptance and uh, some poop stories. Your book says the ND, which means neurodiverse. The ND community tells me and tens of thousands of other parents that we are disrespecting our kids by trying to help them. The ND blogs berate us, wanting to change our kids because we don't accept them. Here's a taste of what autism looks like in the Stagliano household. Would you want something better for your kids? Twice last month, we had a crapazode. What is a crapazode? This is where you might want to stop eating and put down your beverage. My 10-year-old number two, appropriately, for the purposes of the century, pooped in the toilet. That is reason to cheer, believe me. Toilet training is a major issue in my section of the autism community. Our kids can wear diapers into their teens and beyond, so Miss G pooped. Hooray! But Miss G forgets to flush, and she rarely closes the lid. Not hooray. Miss Peanut, my six-year-old, seems to believe that being a Virgo means she simply must swim in any puddle larger than spit. The toilet is like an Olympic-sized pool to her. So Peanut goes into the toilet after Miss G has had her uh, success. Peanut flings caca everywhere and gets it all over herself. The floor, the walls, the tub, the baseboards, and the window. Wes Craven could not film anything scarier than what I saw that school morning, 35 minutes before the bus was due to arrive. That's a crapazode. It happens in the blink of an eye while I'm washing dishes or doing laundry. I'm alerted by a splashing sound that drops a brick into my stomach. Miss G doesn't understand to flush and close the lid. Miss Peanut doesn't realize that a face full of feces is rarely considered a way to amuse oneself outside the fetish community. I will never stop trying to help my girls recover from their autism. I cannot tell you what recovery means. It varies by kid and according to God's grace. If recovery means only that Peanut understands that she should sit on the toilet, not play in the toilet, I'll take it. Recovering your kids doesn't mean denying their value as people. To the contrary, it means we are willing to devote our lives, our savings, our sanity to their improved health, development, and well-being. Maybe we need an expanded vocabulary. The Endies can keep the word autism and my kids get a new label. Fine by me. Just don't tell me to give up on my girls and accept their version of autism as simply a different type of personality because that's a load of crap. Kim, that's so well put. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, do you want to tell us a little bit more about what you would, you know, think of as the naysayers? Well, I think there is there is a fairly vocal community uh, that has some of them may have autism, some of them may be self-diagnosed, uh, some of them may have Aspergers, and I think a small minority of parents who have children who may be more severely affected, who are somehow threatened by the autism is treatable community. Um, I don't understand it, as I've explained there. Um, I would never tell another parent, you shouldn't do something for your child. I I find that so disrespectful. Um, I may disagree with what Jane or John is doing for their child, including their child with autism, but I really don't feel as though it's my place to berate them or to call them out in public uh, for something that is clearly coming from a place of love. It happens. Uh, Is it a function of a lack of empathy? Is it anger? Is it resentment? I don't know. Uh, But it it does exist, and I I feel that it's something that we need to bring out and talk about. Uh, There are definite rifts within the autism community. Um, I like how you said the book has so many shared events, and, and I'm hoping that what the book will do is make a mom who maybe wasn't particularly crazy about me and and my other writing, uh, say, gee, maybe we do have something in common. Because I think at the end of the day, most of us autism parents have a great deal in common. Uh, And certainly the love of our children is at the core of that. Insofar as empathy, you know, you mentioned that your girls can't cross the street safely. This This is really a big issue about so many kids not being able to keep themselves healthy, safe, and independent. And you said the irony is that their own, the the other folks, the naysayers, their own autism prevents them from empathizing with what my girls deal with every day. I can deal with these folks because I always imagine how happy I'd feel if my girls were able to start nasty blogs and devote all their time to dissing some mom in Connecticut and her peers. And you mentioned one person on uh, Huffington Post with 30,000 comments who claims to be a mom in the Midwest. And you said, honey, if you've had time to comment 30,000 times on a blog, someone had better call child services because your kids must really be hungry. Well, there, can you imagine 30,000 comments? You know, when you go to Huffington Post, you can look up a user, and there's a little bit of information about all of us who are there commenting. And I was shocked to find 30,000 comments, and they are primarily on blog entries that have to do with autism treatment autism and vaccines, or vaccines in general. So it's fairly, it's fairly specific. And uh, I think I averaged it out at something like, you know, it's hundreds a day over the course of the time that the person had been registered. So um, I've, I'm an active blogger. I'm on the computer way too much. Um, I, I couldn't possibly fathom having that many comments anywhere. Yeah, so let's move forward with using that time to do something constructive. Um, should we be panicking, Kim, about the rate of autism? At what point should we panic about autism? Why are so many kids neurologically impaired, or are they just displaying autistic-like symptoms better than in years gone by? I think the panic train left the station several years ago. Um, it seems to be sort of like the Hogwarts Express. Not everybody can see it, but it's out there. Uh, yeah, it's it's a huge... Uh, ask any school teacher, ask a school district how their budgets are doing, ask the folks who are now starting to see the older kids from the early 90s coming out of school, uh, how budgets are doing, where where services are going to be. Um, it is a different world in terms of autism today than it was 
20 years ago. And, and it hasn't, it hasn't improved. It's getting worse and worse. So we darn well better open up our eyes. I can't think of another diagnosis where if ch- children were so severely impacted and the medical community, CDC, uh, w- would just turn a blind eye. It's, it's, it's startling to me. It, it's one of the biggest shocks I could ever imagine in my life. You actually talk in your book about how you've asked longtime teachers if they saw autism early on in their careers. And, mm-hmm. you know, you, you've chronicled that classrooms have changed over yeah. the years. Sure. Yeah. It's not like when, you know, you and I went to school um, all those years ago. Um, mm. There was, you know, one kid who acted like Fonzie and uh, one kid who was quiet, and that was it, basically. Right. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, a room where 50% of the kids were jumping out of their seats and such. So um, how do you feel about that from your childhood? Well, I I do talk about that in the book. I go back and I look through grade school, high school. Uh, I went to private school as a kid. I went to Catholic school, and then I went to a prep school. So that would automatically, most likely, eliminate a special ed population. But um, I still am able to look at family members, friends. Um, I just don't see... Uh, in these numbers, kids who would fall into the category even if they had been misdiagnosed. Uh, I asked my babysitter, I talk about Ginny, my babysitter from when I was a kid in the 60s, and she was a special education teacher in Massachusetts at a state school. And she said, no, no children with autism in her classes. Well, this is, th- these are very uh, good observations, Kim, and we'll pick up with this when we come back to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Kim Stagliano, author of All I Can Handle. I'm no Mother Teresa, a life raising three daughters with autism. And this book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes and Noble's site, BN.com, Borders, and IndieBound. Kim, you had three stag babies who were subsequently mm-hmm. diagnosed with autism, all three of your daughters. Mm-hmm. Why do you think there are triggers external to genetics that bear culpability? Ah, the million-dollar question, right? I have looked at our family tree six ways to Sunday. I come from a large Irish-Italian-Venezuelan family. My husband comes from a large Irish-Italian-French-Canadian family. I have looked for the quirky uncle, great-uncle, grandparent, great-grandparent. My dad is 88 years old, and he has a keen memory, certainly for the old days. I've asked him six ways to Sunday, was there anybody like the girls? Was there a family member that even remotely resembled what Mia and Gianna and Bella looked like? And every single one of the family members I've asked has said, no, no, no. So why did Mark and I marry in 1991 and give birth to three beautiful daughters who certainly seemed typical uh, and then ended up with an autism diagnosis? Um, I just, I'm not one of those families that can say, oh, we've got it all over the family tree. Did you actually see any correlation uh, in everyday life between uh, any of your girls getting a vaccine and uh, adverse symptoms thereafter? At the time, I knew nothing about vaccine adverse reactions when my daughters were born, when they were infants and getting the bulk of their vaccinations, for Mia and Gianna, certainly. So when I look back, when I was writing the book, I spent some time going back to Mia's baby book particularly because you know how it is with your first baby. You know, Mia blinked, you write it down. You know, Mia rolled over, you write it down. So I looked at her baby book, and I did see uh, an episode of unconsolable. I wrote down the words. I'll never forget them. I've got it emblazoned in my brain. Unconsolable crying, dark circles under her eyes. Um, And I asked myself, you know, was that the beginning of a change for her. Something had changed in Mia. Uh, Mia's head shape changed from four to six months. Her doctor noted that. Uh, Her ear looked larger. Her head, I wrote down, had a parallelogram shape. It looked skewed uh, to one side. And when we moved a year later, and I brought my pediatric notes to our next city, uh, the notes said, keep an eye on her, I, I can't remember offhand, left or right side for usage. So the pediatrician noted what, what may well have been encephalopathy, you know, brain swelling. There was a change in my child's head shape, and nobody raised any flags. I was a new mom. What did I know? You know, I, I just I knew to bring it up. The doctor said, don't worry. I didn't worry. Yeah. Um, that's, that's another thing that some parents have to deal with is, is feeling guilty in retrospect that they didn't realize that something was going on. Mm-hmm. How, do you, how do you feel about that? I, I'm not racked with guilt over it because I, I really didn't know. And I was acting out of 
the best information and love that a mother could act out of. Um, I've never been one to look back and, and beat myself up tremendously. Sure, there were things I would do differently now, uh, but guilt, uh, Catholic as I am, it should be a complete part of my makeup, but I've been able to, when it comes to the kids, put it aside. I think if I didn't, I'd probably lose my mind. So I've been able to say, we're here, now let's move forward and see what we can do. Yeah. And I work hard to prevent it from happening to other children, as you know. Absolutely. Yeah, let's move forward constructively. What well, you also mentioned in your book that you worked for a geeky high-tech company but didn't notice anyone on the spectrum. And of all places, that should be the place, right? I would think so. Uh, I did. I worked for a company called Bolt, Baranek & Newman in Cambridge, Massachusetts. And as I say in the book, they are the people who actually did invent the Internet. They invented the ARPANET for the U.S. Army. Uh, it was Geek Central. And a lovely company, and I really, it was a, when I was writing the book, I, I thought about every single person I worked with, and I didn't, you know, nobody, nobody stuck out uh, in my mind. Uh, it doesn't mean there weren't people there, you know, by, all, by any stretch, who had Asperger's or maybe high-functioning autism, uh, but I, I, didn't, I didn't come into contact with any of them. But you don't think it's like that study in England where they say it's a uh, uh, hundred one in a hundred adults, just like we're saying, it's one in a hundred kids, and and certainly not the same quality of or of um, level of affect. No, not at all. And I and I think I used the line in my book. Um, you know, if 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 that's the case, please check under your bed because chances are there's a gaggle of fifty year old men hiding there with autism. <laughs> um, you can't miss my. You know, go to the mall. You can point out. You can see when there's a child uh, who has full blown autism. You can't miss it. You know, you, 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 you just can't. Uh, it doesn't look like Down syndrome. It doesn't look like traditional, what used to be called mental retardation. It looks like autism. So, um, no, I don't. Um, were there people who were not diagnosed properly? I'm sure. And, and I never want to deny an older person who may have gotten a diagnosis later in life and who has struggled through his whole life and now maybe has a reason to help him understand his challenges, I never want to deny that person the right to feel some relief. Uh, but I, I don't see that the numbers could possibly have been the same. Right. And, and just like you wouldn't want to deny that person relief, we don't want other people to deny our kids relief. So right. another thing that parents of kids with autism get is being told that we're looking for a designer diagnosis. Tell us about taking a designer diagnosis <laughs> on a shopping trip. Ay, 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 I am the cart Nazi. You will see me at the grocery store with the children, and I'm the woman screaming, hands on the cart, hands on the cart, because if all three of my kids have a hand on the cart, I can manage them and, and help them keep in tra online. Um, no, I, I don't see autism as a designer diagnosis. It's not chic. It's not the thing to have. I don't know any family who has sought out the diagnosis for the purposes of reaping great benefits from the services. I love when that, I love when people say that, well, these parents just want, you know, they just want extra help in school or they want all the services that they get. Uh, you know, parents are bankrupt by autism. They're, they're not getting any lottery bonanza of services. So I'm, I'm, I'm not sure I would call this a designer diagnosis. Yeah, that would be like saying, oh, I took thalidomide while I was pregnant so I could get my kid a brace. Yes. Yes. Something like that. So, Kim, how can you have a sense of humor? I've always had a sense of humor. So it's 
uh, I, I think if I were, if I had six typical children and they were all at the top of their class, I would still be who I am. Uh, I was a funny kid. You know, I liked to make people laugh. I'm the middle child. I did the whole class clown thing. Uh, so I, I think as adults, you know, we, we don't stray too far from what our basic personality was. And I'm basically an optimist, and I'm and I'm making progress. You know, I think if you feel like you have some sense of control over a situation, even if it's a facade, uh, you can move forward and you can enjoy life. Uh, I don't feel lost. Uh, I have very dark days. I have I have great fears for my kids and my family, but overall, I'm a happy person, and uh, I, I'm I'm fortunate. I, I think I think that's partially just good fortune. A wonderful lesson. And I love your sex chapter. Can you please give <laughs> listeners a sneak peek or expand upon it? <laughs> I put that chapter in so that um, you could draw your own conclusions, whichever direction you would like. How's that? It's, it's like, can I, can I tell people a little bit more about it? Sure. It's like a third <laughs> of a page. And that's, that's why I asked him to expand upon it. <laughs> When you sit down to write a memoir, there are lots of things that you have to touch upon. And it's hard. I mean, I don't have it, – it's very hard to sit and say, oh, my gosh, you know, can I really expose myself this way? My, you picture your mother-in-law reading the book. You picture your priest or your rabbi or your best friend or your minister reading the book. Uh, and I had to really push myself to keep honest and keep, keep true to what our life is. Uh, but I really wrote the sex chapter – um, to be fun, to have fun, to make people smile in the middle of the book and, and turn that page and move on. It was, it's a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a wink and a nudge. Okay, and if readers would like to know what Kim felt was important to prioritize to put in that sex chapter, her book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble, Borders, and IndieBound. So what about marriage? How have you kept your marriage together, and what priority do you place upon couples staying together? Hmm. Well, uh, I think if you can, st- I mean, like any marriage, I mean, whether you have children on the spectrum or not, uh, marriage is difficult. Uh, my father-in-law used to say, "Easiest thing in the world to do, get married. Hardest thing in the world to do, stay married." Uh, and he's right. It's it's work. And when when there were tremendous roadblocks put into your life, uh, as in having a child who is ill or several. Um, it's hard. So I'm not sure what Mark's and my secret is. Uh, we're fairly independent. We're both strong personalities. We each have a sense of humor. And we've been on the same page in terms of treatment. Um, as you see in the book, we've had our ups and downs. I, I did threaten him very loudly with divorce on a golf course one day. Uh, it hasn't been easy. But we've managed to hold it together. I, we're, we're very blessed that way. So then you were able to find humor when his golf tees were floating around in the basement when the basement flooded. <laughs> I did smile when that happened. Isn't that awful of me? I know. I know. His, we had a flood, and his golf clubs were flooded, and I giggled. Sorry. <laughs> I did. <laughs> it's. It's hard, you know, being at home alone, raising three girls who are having crapisodes. Really hard. Uh, one really poignant scene in the book was when you were sitting, you know, sitting on the steps crying. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Do you yeah. want to share that with listeners? Sure. We had a day. Uh, I was maybe seven months pregnant with Isabella, and Mia and Gianna were young and not toilet trained, and Mia uh, was at a stage where she was uncomfortable if she had a BM, so she changed herself, which was great, uh, but then rather you know, she stepped in it and she walked through the hallways and she tried to take, scoop it out of her pants with her hands and it was on my, it was on the walls and it was on the carpet and it was everywhere and I was pregnant and I was tired and my husband was on the golf course and I just lost it. I just sat down. It was one of the first times I just sat down and wept and didn't know what to do and wanted to just curl up in a ball and hide. Um, it happens. Kim, I've got it. That's why they're calling it a designer diagnosis, because of the kids doing interior decorating <laughs> with poop. That's it. And on that note, we will be right back at the Voice America Health and Wellness channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. To perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Most chronic health problems are caused by the interaction between genetic susceptibility and environmental exposure. This was defined 10 years ago by the Centers for Disease Control. Join Dr. Robin Bernhoft for 21st Century Medicine. We will cover the whole spectrum of chronic illness and little-known medical treatments that are being used to make you healthier. 21st Century Medicine airs live every Tuesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Kim Stagliano, author of the book, All I Can Handle. I'm No Mother Teresa, a life-raising three daughters with autism. 
and it is published by our wonderful colleagues at Skyhorse Publishing. Many people, many, many people um, in the autism community, active, active advocates are just loving this book. And Kim's book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble's site, BN.com, Borders, and IndieBound. And um, I want to let you know, and I will repeat this information again later, that Kim will be at the National Autism Association's National Autism Conference this week, and she will be having a book party and book signing and uh, a couple of other book signings available. So I will give you all that information in times towards the end of this program. Well, Kim, you were describing that poignant incident where you were sitting on the steps before we went to break, and I was also touched by your chapters describing wandering incidents and parents' mm-hmm. exhaustive hypervigilance. Tell us about the fears that parents of children with autism face due to their children wandering and what parents can do. Sure. I don't know how many of your listeners are Harry Potter fans. I'm a big Harry Potter fan. I can't wait for the next movie to come out later in November. Uh, there is a character called Mad-Eye Moody, and he has this magical eye that spins all over the place. And he's a bit paranoid, but with good reason. And his catchphrase is constant vigilance. And that's what I write. You need to have, when you are a parent of the child, a child on the spectrum, uh, you need to keep your eyes on them or know where they are, like a paternal, maternal GPS tracking system for them uh, at all times. Because with the lack of a sense of danger, uh, the world is nothing but danger for them. They'll leave, they may leave the house, they may cross the street, they may not know uh, the weather is bad. Uh, we have had a couple of incidents where your heart just stands still. We're lucky. We found the kids. My kids are okay. There are countless parents whose children wander, and seemingly they head straight for water, and they drown. I mean, we, we hear the stories constantly, and... It is a major, major problem in the autism community and a source of just never-ending stress. You operate under high alert until your children are asleep. And even then there are families whose kids will wake up in the middle of the night. I know families who have deadbolts on the door and alarms on the doors because their kids may wander away at night. So that uh, it's constant vigilance, and that's a stressful way to live. Yes, it's very exhausting, um, but it's necessary. Uh, mm-hmm. And there's a website that, uh, if I may, I'd like to share with listeners, and that is www.aware.org, and aware is spelled A-W-A-A-R-E, so two A's in the middle, and it's the AWARE Collaboration, Autism Wandering Awareness Alerts Response Education, and it's a collaboration of many organizations, including our wonderful friends at the National Autism Association. So I encourage you to go to www.aware.org and find out how you can keep your children safe and also let other people know how they can keep their children safe. And Kim, there's another fear. Children being abused on the way to or at school. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, We know this one well. We are in the middle of a criminal case here in Connecticut where we were, my youngest daughter, Isabella, was physically tortured on the school bus by an adult who was assigned to protect the bus, and uh, police were involved, an arrest was made, 
and there's a case pending right now in Connecticut. And again, you're hearing about this every day. It is atrocious uh, that children of all ages, including into adulthood, who, who are on the spectrum, special needs people, are, are being harmed. They're being harmed. They're an easy target. They can't talk. They can't tattle. They may be frustrating to work with, and they're being injured, and it, it is a, a national travesty. Well, how do you feel in, in view of things like this, the, the worries about wandering, the, the fears about abuse? So let's, let's hit one more point before I ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Tell us about watching your child have seizures. Ugh. Uh, <laughs> I'm not usually at a loss for words. Uh, seizures used to be seen as the devil's work. You know, uh, it was it was satanic possession. I'm not sure that's entirely wrong because, boy, when you see your kid seizing, Mia had grand mal seizures. Uh, it it just stops your heart. It is the most powerless feeling. It, it's like watching your child fall out of an airplane, and you're up in the airplane. You you can. You can do almost nothing except pray they come out on the other side and there's a pillow on the ground that they land on it. Um, it, is, it, is the worst, it is the worst thing that I have been through as a mom of a child on the spectrum beyond anything else, to watch my child have a seizure. And all three of my kids have had seizures. Mia's was the worst. She had a, a seizure disorder for a period of years, and it really almost killed me. Yeah. Exactly. I said, you know, when we found out about um, the autism, it it was awful. When we, you know, had the fecal smearing, it was awful. But the seizures make both of those look good. Yeah, yeah. And the, and, it's the, and it's the lack of what what really got me, and what and that, and I think it was the seizures that fully bonked me in the head to say, you know what, mainstream medicine, they don't have anything for you. I mean, they, the, the the autism diagnosis on Mia, I think, was the kiss of death for her. Uh, not that people with epilepsy without an autism diagnosis have tremendous answers from neurology, uh, but there was just, it was, uh, I was told by the head of pediatric neurology at University Hospitals of Cleveland, well, she, she has autism, so she has different wiring. I was like, are, are you kidding me? She, she's a human being. What do you mean she has different wiring? Why is a suddenly previously healthy six-year-old seizing six times a day? Something happened, and they were willing to say, that's autism. I never bought it. It, 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 molded, <laughs> it molded the advocate I've become, I guess. It really did. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So mainstream medicine, you know, once that mm. autism diagnosis is put on, it adversely affects getting any help for any physiological conditions that anybody else could walk in an office and get a thorough workup for and some yep. intervention. Let's go to the good side of the force. You're okay. a Harry Potter fan. I'm a Star Wars fan. <laughs> How did Sergeant Goodchild's uh, organization Active Healing help? Boy, you know, it's interesting how people come into your life. Uh, my brother, uh, his partner, Ed, my brother is Richard, his partner is Ed, Ed's sister, Lisa, ran a charter school up in Massachusetts. And Sarge was running his program at this charter school. So 
So somehow Lisa caught wind that my girls were being diagnosed maybe for autism, and she said, you know, there's this guy in Massachusetts. You should check him out. I kept his number in my pocket for almost a year. I finally went to visit him, and Sarge was the first person to ever say to me, you, you can do something about this, Kim. And have you ever heard about dairy and wheat and what they might do to a body? I was like, no. Dairy and dairy. I'm Italian. You're going to tell me to get wheat out of my kid's diet? Are you nuts? Dairy? You know, I was a milkaholic as a child. I still love a glass of milk. But Sarge introduced me to this whole other world where it was parent-directed, giving the parent a sense of control and action. And that, again, completely changed my life because I went from being a passive observer to my children falling away from me to an active participant in their healing. And that's, that's the biggest blessing I could ever have asked for, and I owe that to Sarge. Wow, that's a really great way to put it. Passive observer to active participant, did you say? Active yep. participant in their healing? Yep. Oh, yeah. His firm's called Active Healing. I know. I just, and I didn't even mean it to come out that way. Wow. He's Very good. Cool. He really is, is good. <laughs> is that website www.activehealing.org? Yes. I'm doing that off the top of my head. Yes, and it is. And letting listeners know, back when we were talking about restraint, seclusion, and abuse in schools, NAA has also, the National Autism Association, has also um, spearheaded legislative action mm-hmm. on that. And they have a grassroots center at their website, nationalautismassociation.org forward slash grassroots.php. So listeners can inquire of the National Autism Association for the latest updates and what's going on with um with action related to preventing restraint, seclusion, and abuse in school, a very, very important topic. Kim, in light of all the things you've said in this segment, how do you feel when people who don't, who don't know us, who don't live our lives, who don't live our kids' lives, judge us? Uh, I've learned over the years to ignore most of them. I find that treating them with indifference is probably the meanest thing I can do, so I do it, and, I'm, and <laughs> I, I just, I, I have no time for it, I have no patience for it. Uh, it, it only impedes my goals for my kids, so uh, if, if they want to try to tear down at every opportunity, uh, that's their choice, that's a fine way to spend your day if that's what they want to do. I see no benefit from it. I don't see any spiritual benefit. I don't see any emotional benefit and certainly no physical benefit uh, for my children. And so I would have to say now I, I, I see it every so often. I go, oh, yeah, them, whatever, and I move on. Again, the book is All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, A Life Raising Three Daughters with Autism by author Kim Stagliano, and this book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble's site BN.com, Borders and IndieBound, and we will be right back with Kim Stagliano at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. 
More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Are you finding fitness a chore? Is health and nutrition too time-consuming for you? It doesn't have to be like that at all. Tune in to Fit Fan for Fun, lifestyle fitness with your host, Shira Litwack. Every week, Shira and her guests will show you the fun side of fitness. We'll invite you to send topic suggestions and questions via email, as well as call into the program. You'll get sensible fitness and nutrition advice in a relaxed and fun program. You won't look at fitness as an enemy ever again. Fit Fan for Fun airs every Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here's Terry. We're back with Kim Stagliano, author of All I Can Handle. I'm no Mother Teresa, a life raising three daughters with autism. And you can read about this book and link to all of the places that you can purchase it at Kim's website, www.kimstagliano, K-I-M-S-T-A-G-L-I-A-N-O.com. So, Kim, um, welcome back. And I just want to remark again that I am amazed at how similar our lives with autism have been. You, mm-hmm. you, your family has even been on paper mittens um, on Christmas tree, and last year our kids' gifts were from Toys for Tots. Tell us about the paper mittens. Ah, the paper mitten. Um, a couple of years ago, uh, 2003, my husband lost his job, and we assumed he would find another job quickly uh, in our optimism, and he did not. And a year went by, and Christmas showed up for the second time without a job, and somebody put our name on the paper mitten on the giving tree at our church. And throughout my married life, certainly, and even beforehand, I had always put gifts under the tree, you know, take a mitten, see what's on it, drop off a gift for charity, and one year we found ourselves on the receiving end of it. Very humbling. I particularly like the story about the zest. 
<laughs> yes. Uh, when I finally dragged myself to the church to pick up the goodies, uh, which I did not want to do, and I was adamant about that, and I told the woman, Kelly, I'm not coming, I'm not coming, and finally she said, either you come or I'm coming to your house and getting to you, and you need to do this for your kids. That hit the right button with me. So I went and I picked everything up, and there was a big box of household supplies, laundry soap and such. And I laughed because one of the items was 36 bars of zest soap. And um, when we finished the last bar, it took us quite a while to go through it because we actually did have our own soap, uh, we, Mark and I, uh, as I put in the book, uh, we celebrated, and we might even have gotten a little dirty. Is is that in your sex chapter about having good, clean fun? I'm not telling. Successfully <laughs> <laughs> clean. <laughs> you, uh, you, you did. The, the recession has hit families affected Oof. by autism really hard. The recession yeah. has has really hit us. Um, yeah. There are so many costs yeah. um, involved in caring, you know, in an efficacious manner, a really therapeutic manner for kids with autism. Yeah. Lots of stuff that's not covered by insurance. And um, so you told a touching story of how the autism community really rallied generously around your family Mm -hmm. when you were so down on your luck. Yep. They did. Um, we, We were at a very low spot financially, and people very close to me knew it. And I'm a blogger, so I'm, I'm and I'm honest, as honest I am as I am in the memoir. I'm that honest on my blog and elsewhere. And they knew we were really struggling. And a group, got, couple, several groups, got together and sent us gift cards and goodies and support and some financial help. And uh, we got a grant that we used for biomedical work. Um, and it was just a huge outpouring of, of love and kindness, and it shows the incredible level of support within uh, the autism community. We're, we're, a really, we're a really good group of people. We are. We should pat ourselves on the back, all of us. Okay. I've never, met, I've never met better people. I don't like how I met you all. I really don't. I wish I'd never met any of you. <laughs> but it, it, it's just an astoundingly amazing group of strong, generous, spiritual parents yeah you're right um we're in the autumn now and uh i i wonder if you'd like to comment on the fact that flu shot season is upon us Mm -hmm. and i want to know if we don't get the flu shot are we pro-disease what do you want (laughs) listeners to know Oh, the flu shot. I was at Target today, and I thought, oh, where is my Sharpie? Because I really want to write, you know, and they write, I always would love to write on them. And the mercury's free. Um, I can't abide by injecting mercury into human beings, not babies, not old people, not fetuses. Uh, I just don't get it. It's a neurotoxin. It's in the flu shot. Many of the flu shots, not all. There are different flu shots, uh, it astounds me that the American public uh, has, does not have this information. I, I don't consider Americans as having informed consent. It appalls me that you can get flu shots at the grocery store. They dose them nilly-willy like they're water. What if there's a reaction? What if there's a fainting spell? Is the, you know, the kids stocking uh, maxi pads at Target going to run over and pick you up next to the pharmacy? I mean, it, it's, it, it's a medical procedure. What on earth is it doing out at retail? 
good uh, good way of putting it. The, the mercury's <laughs> free, not mercury free. The mercury. No, the free. mercury is free. Right, <laughs> all you can eat. Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a buffet. Help yourself. And I look at all the elderly people lined up, and I think, oh, Kim, I worry. Tell us about the murders, the kids who are dying, and how that makes you feel about self-proclaimed experts and others who are pro-denying children's health and recovery. There are, uh, there have, there have been many cases where parents snap. They snap. There's no other word for it, and they murder their children with autism. And whether they think they're doing it out of love or whether they're doing it out of hatred, uh, it is unthinkable to me. And because there has not been a cry, a hue and cry across the world, and certainly America, uh, of the autism epidemic and the struggles families are going through, people don't understand. So the level of support is lacking. And families end up feeling very much alone. When I was sitting alone on my stairs, sobbing with poop all over my upstairs, I had someone I could pick up the phone and talk to. Some people don't, or they don't think that they do. And that loneliness can, can turn into despair, and despair can turn into anger, and anger can turn into action. And it's not, it's, it's not good. Um, I never condone it. I can occasionally empathize with the despair but, my God, we, we have to protect children, don't we? Absolutely. And, Kim, I want to share one more, uh, one more paragraph from your book and then let listeners know about the uh, upcoming events this week. And this is what it says. As a parent, I want the public to know how tough autism is for the entire family, most of all for the kids. I want Autism Speaks to stop running ads showing toe-headed boys in Abercrombie outfits looking sad because they will never play baseball for the New York Yankees while standing alone on a cul-de-sac in New Canaan, Connecticut. I want to see a 12-year-old boy in the middle of a rage. I want the world to see the mom who has a fat lip from her daughter who lashed out during a sensory meltdown. I know far too many people who clean feces off their walls every single day and whose children sleep on a plain mattress on the floor not in a bedroom that looks like a page from the Pottery Barn Kids catalog. This is the reality of autism for thousands of families. Kim, thank you for your tireless advocacy for your kids and all the kids and families. It's my honor. Thank you. And to our listeners, my guests next week are Dr. Mike Monaco and Troy Fry of the Holland Center in Minnesota. If you aren't signed up for this week's National Autism Conference presented by the National Autism Association, call the grandparents, pack your grass skirt and coconut bra, and jump right on an airplane to meet Kim, Dan Olmsted, Mark Blacksell, and me down in beautiful Tampa, St. Pete. Kim is having a book party and signing called Drink Pink. 5.30 to 6.30 on Friday the 12th on the Seabreeze Terrace at the Tradewinds Grand Island Resort where the National Autism Conference is being held in Tampa, St. Pete. Mark Blacksell and Dan Olmsted are presenting their lecture Sunday afternoon. Dan Olmsted and Kim will be signing their books, The Critically Acclaimed Age of Autism, Mercury Medicine, and a Man-Made Epidemic, and All I Can Handle, I'm No Mother Teresa, on Saturday in the main hall from 10.30 to 12. And Dan and Mark Blacksell will be signing Age of Autism, Mercury Medicine, and a Man-Made Epidemic from 12 to 1 on Saturday. So you will have lots of opportunities to pick these up for the plane ride home. Otherwise, Kim's book is available at Amazon.com, Barnes & Noble site, BN.com, Borders, 
and um, IndieBound, which you can find more about out about at Kim's website, www.kimstagliano, K-I-M-S-T-A-G-L-I-A-N-O.com. A thank you goes to this program sponsor, Enzymedica. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Medica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. To contact Terry or get more information, visit autismone.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with Terry Aranga.